You're listening to the Earn That Body podcast, episode number 59. Welcome to the Earn That Body show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast. My podcast is designed to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information every single week. And on some occasions, good occasions that is, I'd like to interview people, people who inspire me and are inspiring others. With that being said, today I have an interview with an amazing woman. Her name is Carrie Barrett. And she happens to be an Austin favorite in so many ways, but she is inspiring people absolutely all over. Because, and these are her words, she has gone from fat to fit. And so for anybody who knows her, you might not even know that she was once unhealthy, a little overweight. You might not know that part of her story. And if you don't know her, it's really inspiring to hear how this woman went from not knowing anything about health or fitness and being overweight to where she is today. And I think that's what's so inspiring even for me to listen to this this woman's story, and I want it to inspire so many people who maybe aren't the athletes out there, who aren't the people already working out, but the people who want to do something, but you don't know what to do and you don't know how to begin. Listen to this podcast interview with Carrie, and this is even for my athletes too, because not only is she going to talk about how she went from fat to fit, but she's also going to talk about how she was, she thinks, the last person to come in a half marathon, and now she's like a Boston qualifying marathoner, how she became a vegetarian and how that affects her as an athlete, and really where she is today, what she's doing, and how she can inspire you. So let's get started. This is Carrie Barrett. All right. Welcome, Miss Carrie. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Kim? Good. And of course, I do have to mention, it is your birthday today, the day that we're recording. It's not the day that it'll go live, but happy birthday. Thank you. You As I've been saying all morning, it's like 44 and ready for more or 44, ready to score. I don't know. I keep coming up with like really bad comments for my (laughs) age today. For your today. All right. Well, Carrie, tell us a little bit about where you grew up, how you got to Austin, just a little bit about you. Sure. Um, I grew up in Ohio, uh, Columbus, actually. So in the Buckeye State, which is actually a lot like Austin. Um, Columbus is the state capital. There's the big university in town. And I was, uh, via education in college, I majored in marketing, communication, broadcasting. So I was a radio, TV, film major and worked at several radio stations in Columbus, mostly country radio stations. So I was both on the mic and behind the mic as marketing director and promotions director and did that for many years in Columbus. And out of out of the blue, literally a radio station here in Austin called um, Case and K-Vet. Um, it was two radio stations, but they were owned by the same company. Uh, the program director called me at my desk in Columbus one day and said, um, we understand that, that you work in country radio. Would you want to come out and interview at these two radio stations in Austin, Texas? And I was, you know, my reaction initially was, 
Texas? <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, thank you. Uh, but he was like, oh, you'll love Austin. It's a cool town. Just come out and check it out. So I went out there in July of 98 and uh, 1998. And it was about 105 degrees when I interviewed <sighs> and uh, was moving there three weeks later wow. because I, I fell in love pretty much sight unseen. But uh, yeah, I moved there in August of 1998. Eight here to Austin, where I uh, worked for a bunch of radio stations for several years. Very cool. Well, you definitely seem like an Austinite. You, you fit right into this town. Well, thank you. It's, <laughs> it's hard to believe it's been almost 20 years since I've been here. Definitely. Now, you personally told me that you sort of have a fat to fit story. And I would never, I never, I don't really like to say the word fat. It's not my favorite word, but yeah. you used those words. And so I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and say, tell us a little bit about that fat to fit story. Sure. Um, I actually sometimes jokingly say that I was a, I'm a former chubaholic. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm a Midwest girl, like I said, and I am one of five kids. So I'm the youngest and I'm the only girl. So I have four big brothers. Um, and my parents both worked. So we were just a family, a typical late seventies, early eighties family of, convenience. Um, with five kids and all of us going different directions, literally meals were on the go uh, at best, but they were m meals that that you could make in like five seconds because, you know, one of my brothers wanted mac and cheese and somebody else wanted hot dogs and I wanted <laughs> cereal. And, and, uh, so it just kind of became fend for yourself in many, in many respects and, um, never developed healthy eating habits. Literally a vegetable in my house was a can of corn, um, you know, cooked over the stove or something and, uh -huh. and iceberg lettuce with ranch dressing or something. So, uh, so I, I just I never developed any kind of healthy eating habit and was always chunky. Like I was just a little, you know, I'm five foot, nothing tall. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was just always the little chubster girl. And, um, that, obviously, um, continued into my high school and college years. I was, I was athletic. Um, again, I think that's being a product of four, four brothers. So there really wasn't a sport I wouldn't play. Uh, and that includes like suiting up for the football games, uh, <laughs> my, of, my, of my elementary school team. Um, but I played basketball, I played softball, I played field hockey in high school. Um, so it wasn't that I wasn't athletic. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't fit at all. And by the time I moved to Austin in 98, I had done a couple of 5Ks, but, uh, and, and actually two half marathons, uh, believe it or not, before I even moved here. But m my brother who ran one of them with me, he swears that we came in last place in one of them. I don't recall, <laughs> I don't recall that, uh, but he swears to this day, of course, this is before chip timing. So I can't even like look it up to find out. But, um, he swears we came in last place. Uh, and then the, but I do remember that the, the next half marathon I did before I ever moved to Texas, I, I was second to last place. I mean, they wow. were, they tore down all of the finish lines, <laughs> all the aid stations were gone, but you know, I, like I was not going to, to stop. So I, I did eventually move to Austin and I put on probably maybe 15 more pounds here. So 
I was up near 170 pounds, um, which again on a, on a five foot frame is a lot. And, um, and you know, so I had to work really hard to get that, that 65 plus pounds, uh, off my body. And when was sort of that aha moment when you're like, okay, I need to do something about my weight. Oh, that's it. God. Um, it, it, a funny combination of uh, a dumb boy and um, being homesick. So it was about a year after I moved here to to Austin, and I was working at the radio stations and just kind of living that life, which um, is parties, it's concerts. It is a lot of late nights, lots of happy hours, and I, I wasn't doing anything ridiculously crazy and out of control, but I could feel myself spiraling mm-hmm. out of control. And, um, you know, like when you have to sleep in your car because you can't drive home yeah. and you're like, this is not, and then you you wake up in your car at work and you're just like, well, I guess I'm here. I might as well just go, go, ah, to my, wow. you know, like just that dumb stuff that you can somehow get away with in your mid twenties, even though you wake up and you're like, this is not me. And I think that that was what I was starting to sense was like, this is not who I am innately. So, um, and my only friend support group and then consequently relationship support group was just the people that I worked with Mm -hmm. um, because I was new to town. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I needed to break away from that so I actually joined in um, 2001, with the fall of 2001, I joined the Austin Fit Marathon Training Group. And that was the big group in town. There really weren't many other uh, marathon training groups here. And that, starting that journey was definitely an aha moment. Probably aside from moving to Texas in the first place was one of the scariest moments that I'd ever had. Uh, believe it or not, they, the first thing that they made you do one day when you got there was do a two mile time trial run. And and I was (laughs) so scared that I actually just skipped out on it and didn't do like, you know, hundreds of people went off on a two mile run and I just like snuck away to my car because I was too ashamed to, to actually even attempt it. And then the next week when everybody sort of separated into their groups, I just kind of, you know, melded into one and hoped that it worked. Um, but so joining Austin fit was the game changer. And not only was it the running and the exercise and the endorphins that, that followed, but it more than anything, Kim, it was the people. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time in my life that I was, that I feel like I was actually around people that were optimistic. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I grew up in a very pragmatic household, very loving, very loving household, um, well nurtured and well supported in anything that I wanted to do. But my, my family's very by the book, you know, traditional Midwestern Catholic family. And, um, and I, consequently was a little pessimistic in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I got here and people were just positive and happy and wanted to get up on a Saturday morning at six and go run 18 miles, I, I, like I, it was mind blowing. So it was that personality of person of, of humans that I realized like, 
oh my gosh, this is what I want Mm. to. So then, then consequently the major aha moment, and this is a, a moment that I, that I point to even now when I talk to people, uh, was when I crossed the finish line of that first marathon. That literally, and that was, um, you know, uh, it was the Austin Marathon, February 2002, and it was the moment that changed my life forever and just changed the trajectory. Wow. Amazing. And what people don't know about you that I will share, and we'll talk a little bit more. um, So Carrie's saying that she started running some of these half marathons and these marathons and that she was coming in last. And I just want you all to know that Carrie Barrett is the fastest runner right now, okay? <laughs> like, she can kick my booty any day, which doesn't take much in the running de- department. But honestly, <laughs> Carrie is the most stellar runner and triathlete. And so I want people to hear this, and I want people to know it, because even if you are that person on the couch right now, or the person who thinks, well, I'm so slow, I don't even know if I could finish a half marathon, whatever, it is doesn't matter. Like if you just get up and do it, you might be a Carrie Barrett. <laughs> I mean, and, and even, you know, even if, you know, my for that first marathon that I talk about that literally changed my life was almost five hours. Right. And, and, um, so, so time meant absolutely nothing to me. It didn't, it didn't mean a thing. I don't care if I came, uh, you know, again, even those first two half marathons, I didn't care that I came in last. I like I literally did something I never thought that right. I could do. Right, and, right, yeah. and that's it. That's that is half of it. Is why I'm always encouraging people to like sign up for a race of any kind, even if it scares the crap out of you, because yes. the finish line experience of any distance race. I mean, it can be a 5K for some people. Can truly change their attitude and their outlook about so many things. So I think that's awesome. Now on the diet front. What started changing for you? Did you start changing the way you were eating or was it just happening because you were exercising more? Um, you know, uh, to be fully, <laughs> to be fully transparent, um, I, God, this is, it's funny cause I can look back and laugh now. It was a combination of a lot of things, but I will be honest and say, if you, oh, you're going to kill me, Kim, um, <laughs> Thank, thank God that the the stuff doesn't exist anymore. But if you remember in the late '90s, early 2000s, all over the radio, mm-hmm. there was a pro. There were many, but there was a, a product called like Metabolife or something, and it was speed, like it was pills, and and they were they were legal at the time. <laughs> And, um, and a lot of our radio DJs would endorse them. And so consequently there were always, uh, boxes of these things sitting around the, uh, the, the station. And, and so, uh, you know, me, I was like, well, okay, let me, tr- let me try and see if it works. Well, <laughs> it, it worked. It definitely, um, it definitely made you not want to eat uh. because. It's, it was like ephedra or something. Yes. It was something terrible. It was awful, awful, awful. Um, but it also, it, you know, it also made me not want to like live. Like it made, it was awful. It was Ugh. terrible. So, so you didn't want to eat because you just, you were shaky. Yes. You were, I was twitchy. I couldn't sleep. Um, it sent, it would send you into a depression. So, um, so, so I quickly realized like, that's not the answer. Um, uh, cause I was also trying to train for this marathon. You know, my life was changing and here I was, you know, in this weird pattern that I was still doing something that like I knew was not, was not me at all. So my diet at first did not change. 
Um, I still was very much on the standard American diet way back then. Uh, The exercise certainly did jumpstart my weight loss. And I would say during that journey, um, during the marathon journey and the first couple of years after that, I probably lost about 40 of the pounds. Wow. Um, And... As my friend group started to shift, and so you know, you finish. I finished the marathon in 2002, and immediately this group of new friends that I found were like, "Okay, so now we're going to go do a triathlon in June." And I'm like, "Yes, that sounds great. What is a triathlon?" <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so then you just start to get roped in and, um, next thing you know, I'm doing my first triathlon a few months later and it, and that was a whole other, you know, hilarious experience. But, um, that, that, you know, is encouraging for any beginner to, to get in the sport. But, um, so, so once the ball, it was, it's sort of like the snowball going down the hill, you know, once I, once my little snowball went over that hill, which was crossing that marathon, like I just started to pick up steam mm-hmm. and one thing led to another as far as events going. And then I just started to have this new outlook on life. And, and it definitely, it wasn't until many, many, many years later that I, that I started to go down this, this vegetarian route in life. Right. Um, which is our definite next topic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so we know that, so you, a lot of that weight started coming off just from getting moving and doing these amazing races. Um, and so you weren't, weren't really too focused on nutrition. And then, you know, the next thing I was going to tell everyone is that Carrie is a vegetarian and I can fight with her all day long <laughs> about if I think it's good for her, or what we do, you know, what, what I think, what she thinks, you know, we, we often bike next to each other. Or we used to in class and, and have this discussion, but it's, it's working for her. She is a vegetarian. Tell us, when did you decide to go vegetarian? Why did you decide? And, you know, tell me some of your thoughts on how you think it's helping you as an athlete. Okay, for sure. And I will say that, um, you know, Kim and I do joke about it because, uh, you know, the first question that she asked and everybody asks is, where do you get your protein? And I'm always happy to answer that question. But but um, the, I will say the thing that Kim and I do, we even text each other a lot uh, <laughs> for the day, which the thing that we all can agree on um, is that you profess and you proclaim to eat real food as do I. So I don't care whether you are incorporating, I I mean, ultimately I do care, but, um, you know, personal choice, whether you want, you know, to eat animals or not, that, like that, that's definitely a a personal choice that I don't even want to get into. But, but I am very much a whole foods, um, plant-based person. And I know that that's what you, um, preach every day and I love it. Uh, And I eat a lot of carbs, but, um, (laughs) go carbs. Yay. Yeah. But, um, so, so that journey, um, uh, happened, um, when I was about 35. So now about nine years ago and I was just at my annual, um, family physician, um, Kim, we share the same family practitioner, same general physician. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just was having my blood work done. 35 years old, having my blood work. I, at this point I was probably, um, I was probably about 120, 121 to 22 pounds. So, so like good, healthy weight, like yeah. fine. Um, and, and holding on to it, you know, I'd, I'd sustained the 60 pound weight loss 
um, or 55 to 60 pound weight loss and, and still eating what I would consider a pretty healthy diet. But, um, so we, we did my blood work and my, believe it or not, cholesterol came back as uh, almost 300. Wow. And yeah, and a lot of that is genetic. Um, it, it runs on my both sides of my family. Um, and I have a very close family um, pre- uh, prevalence of heart disease and heart attacks. So my father's had heart attacks. He's had s- several heart surgeries. Um, and it, so it runs on both sides of my family. So that's always something that I is always in the back of my head. And at the time I was training for an Ironman, my very first Ironman. And, um, my family doctor, and you'll never hear this, you'll never hear this again. And, and I, and I'll, to this day, I don't know how it even popped it up, but he said, have you ever thought of becoming more of a vegetarian? And I was, uh, like, (laughs) no, (laughs) no, gross. Like, like didn't just nothing, like every wall went up as I recall. And it wasn't a moment that I don't, that was significant at the time. Um, but I remember him saying that I remember my like guttural reaction. And of course I was like, well, I'm, I'm training for an Ironman. I need my protein. I need my, my chicken or what, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so be it, we move on. And about, um, six months later, this book came out called the engine Two diet. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was written by, or is written by a, a, a former firefighter here in Austin and also a former professional triathlete. And he was also a professional or former swimmer at university of Texas. Um, pretty, pretty well known here in Austin named, uh, Rip Esselstyn. And I just, I happened to see this book and it was intriguing because here he was this totally buff, you know, handsome fireman, former triathlete. And I started to look through this book and, um, I knew a lot of the people that were in it because he ran a lot of pilot studies and things. And I was like, oh, wait, oh, my gosh, Jack from Jack and Adams. He's in that book. Whoa. Uh It's like they had like a before and after. He looks great. Uh, So there are all these people in the book that I was like, well, I know these people. And the book was essentially about eating a whole foods plant based diet. Um, nowhere in the book does he mention the word vegan, which I also know in 2009 would have turned me way off. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just equated that with like weak, um, pale, sickly, (laughs) (laughs) you know, whatever. Uh, so never did he mention vegan, but he mentioned plant strong, you know, that was his phrase plant strong. So I, I, I read it and I thought, okay, uh, that's my second sign. You know, I, I, here I am, I'm resonating with this book. And I thought, again, good Catholic girl, I'm going to do this for Lent. So it just happened to coincide with, with how Lent fell. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go vegan for 40 days. I can do this. <laughs> and I kid you not, like I went after, after that test and had my blood work done again. And I had dropped about 10 pounds even though I was eating a ton Mm -hmm. and still training for an Ironman, um, at all this time. And my cholesterol dropped 60 points. Um, and and we're talking in like two months. Wow. Um, so at that point I was like, perfect. Like I, I didn't, 
I just didn't know what more convincing I needed. And then I went and did the Ironman, um, you know, a month later. And not that I can give all of the diet credit for it, but I was able to, you know, do a better time by over 45 minutes, no, 30, 30 minutes from my, from my first one. Wow. Um, so I went from like a 12, 15 to an 11, 45 in my, in that second Ironman. Wow. And, um, so it's a long winded story, but I can just say that this was in 2009 and we're in 2017 now and it hasn't been an easy journey, but because it's, it is the path of least resistance. Um, it is difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. it is inconvenient Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, but you know what? Like I feel better. I've been able to maintain the weight, the weight loss, but the weight loss has become so secondary to all of that now. Now it is, um, you know, I, 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 you hear this a lot, but it's true. Like, I feel like I recover a heck of a lot better. Um, when I'm training hard, I feel like my stamina, you know, I, I just did, uh, last fall, I just did another Ironman, um, Iron Man. It was number my sixth. It was my sixth one, and it was my best time yet. So I'm getting older, and I still feel like I'm I'm getting faster. Amazing that I'm sharp. Um, and and who knows? You know, like it's a combination of a lot of things. It's a combination of um, certainly diet, but it's a combination of good training, good coaching, discipline. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids. So like, I don't, there's, I have, there are a lot of distractions in my life that I don't have, um, that, that allow me to focus a little bit more, right. but, um, but I have to give, I have to give credit to, to eating a clean diet. Right. I just worry about it. Um, now, so I got into it for health reasons, Certainly some, some ethical things have popped, you know, ha- have become more and more important to me yeah. in my life because of it. But my entry point into vegetarianism was certainly um, for health reasons. For health. And are you fully vegan? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And explain to people what that means because some people don't understand. Like tell them what being vegan means. Sure. Yeah. It, it is essentially nothing that has a mother or a face. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so, so the obvious ones, I don't eat beef. I don't eat chicken. I don't eat fish. I don't eat pork. Those are the obvious ones. Um, I don't eat eggs, which is very, you know, that's, that's tough. That would crush me. It's tough. I can't Um, even because of that. Yeah. I'm I'm so used to it now that it doesn't bother me, but, um, I don't eat cheese, which is another, like, that's a, that's a stopping point for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Uh, and I don't eat dairy, so I don't eat, um, you know, I know you're a big fan of Greek yogurt and everything. Eat that. So, so, um, there are, there are limiters, but I can also tell you that there are substitutes for, for every one of those things. And, what I fell into, um, which is why, again, I, I come back to your podcast and I come back to a lot of what you, what you preach a lot, even though we don't always share the same food. But um, I started the last couple of years falling into this trap of, of, you know, kind of eating more processed food. Because mm-hmm. there really is a substitute. There is a vegan substitute for everything now. You know, you want a burger, there's a vegan substitute. If you want a burrito, 
have at it. You know, there, there are substitute eggs. There are subs, you know, there's so much out there. Um, but that doesn't mean it's healthy. I was going to say they're full of chemicals, right? Yeah. A lot of them are absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are. And, um, so even in the last six months, six to eight months, I was starting to feel weight creep back on. Yeah. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? So I, I, you know, went, I did my, I went back to my food logging, um, Mm -hmm. started tracking on lose it. And, I realized that at the end of the day, on several days, I was eating 40 to 50% fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was literally, I mean, because yeah. uh, I was eating like fake, like the diet cheese. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, if you want to have a sprinkle or two every now and then to for flavor, fine, perfect. But like, I was, you know, I, I just started to fall into that easy trap of eating too much. Um, I was eating, uh, and I still eat, but I was eating a lot of tofu mm-hmm. and tempeh, which are kind of our meat substitutes, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and, and inherently they're not bad. They're not bad for you, but, um, but they are also high in fat. And, um, so you have to just be careful of the quantities, um, and once I started tracking all of that, I was, and I, and I love avocado. So, mm-hmm. and peanut butter. <laughs> like, Yay. So I, oh God. But, but once I started rattling off the foods that I were eating that were quote unquote healthy, I was like, wow, that's a lot of fat. Yeah. No wonder why you've got about eight pounds that you can't get off your body right now. So, um, so I've, I've cleaned it up again and was able to, you know, to trim some of that out. Yeah, That is what I notice with, uh, most of my clients who come to me, vegetarian and especially vegan is we have so much trouble getting their fat percent down and you do have to be careful because you don't want that fat percent too high. That's, it's really, you know, it's not healthy on the other end of things. So that's something, but it definitely sounds like we have a book that you maybe need to write next about being a vegan athlete, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next. Um, one thing I do have to say though, that I really love about you. I love so many things about you, Carrie, (laughs) but, but I have heard you say things, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes you're lenient on being a vegetarian and a vegan. Like there may be times you're not feeling great. So maybe you do eat something that's not technically vegan or vegetarian. Is that right? Um, there was on a rare occasion. That is true. Um, it was about, um, maybe a year or so ago, I was, um, training, I was starting to train for Ironman Arizona and, um, I just wasn't like, I, I wasn't feeling good. And every night, like, so at the time my husband wasn't vegetarian or, or vegan. Um, he is both now, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) but, but, (laughs) but he, we would go have sushi and I would have like, I would have a piece or two of, of sushi. And, um, you know, and I think maybe it it could have been like a placebo effect, just like my head's telling me I need this and, and I would eat it because, um, and it wasn't like I would like eat it and suddenly feel like Popeye, like I'm, you know, like yeah. I'm strong or anything. But um, yeah, I do. Like, I, what I've learned through this journey is that um, when if you uh, if you strive for absolute perfection, like you ultimately can become miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember when I first started off in 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 this like plant based journey. Um, I was super strict about it and, and like to the point where 
several there are several advocates in this world um, that are you know, whole food, plant based, no oil, and 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 any of of any kind of mm. oil. So I I was very 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 strict about not having added oils either. Which let me tell you, like you can't go out to eat no uh, unless you are literally just eating um, salad and a side of rice or something and which can work sometimes, but like you can't like, I, I just stopped being a good friend sometimes yeah. to people. Cause like, so, so that's, that is kind of where I got lenient a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, like it, it is true. Like every now and then, it, although this hasn't happened in like a year where like, I would just be like, yeah, I'll have a piece of sushi. Like right. it, Again, I know it's not going to kill me. I just know it's not ultimately the choice that I want to make in life. Um, But I also like um, the other side of that coin. And you and I have talked about this before is when there there is like a predominant theory of people that say, well, you know, if your body's craving it, it must mean you need it. And and I don't I don't buy into that necessarily because my body craves wine every day. (laughs) And, um, and I don't need it every day. My body craves chocolate and sugar every day and I don't need it every day. So, so there is, there is something to be said for like, you think you need it, but some of it's just an addiction, you know? So. Yeah. And that's, that's probably a bigger part of the wine and the sugars. It's an addiction. So we think about it, but sometimes I do think, and, um, you know, I tell my clients this, if they're vegetarians, like, if your body isn't feeling good, if you're feeling weak or you're feeling shaky, and I think like if you are thinking about like red meat, because I've had it happen to me where I don't eat a lot of red meat, but all of a sudden it'll be like, I need red meat. Yeah. And it doesn't happen to me very often. So it's not, it's like daily. It's not a daily thing. I honestly do think there's probably something to that once in a while. And I just think the biggest thing about what you're saying also is just honor your body. you got to do what's right for you. And every yeah. single body is different. And so you feel better eating this way. That's awesome. I've, I've had vegetarian clients that started eating some meat and they feel better now. You yeah. know? And some will start eating meat and feel worse. So I think for everyone, it's really about honoring your body you're at, where you're at. And like you said, not trying to be a perfectionist with it because that's a really hard life. It's very difficult and you alienate people and you turn people off. And, um, I, I mean, I'm in the world, I'm in that world of veganism and plants and, you know, plant-based athletes and, and advocates. And I mean, I just was at a conference a couple of months ago and just, it was a three day conference and watching every panel speak or every, every expert speak, like they, sometimes you would even get conflicting information from the experts and you just, um, you just, take what you, what works for you. And, and I'm, I'm now eight, nine years into the journey and I love it. Like I just, it makes me feel better as a human, quite honestly. Um, and that is not a judgment against people who eat animals like that is, but for, for me, um, to get a little hippy dippy, like the fact that I don't have that energy in my body of torture or of like suffering or like there is something to be said for not having that in your system and um and now granted like I said I drink a lot of wine so (laughs) 
but, but, uh, but yes, every, to each his own, um, just honor your body and honor our planet. You know, that's, that's it. Honor our planet because we only have one of each. Exactly. So you mentioned something and, um, and it's definitely on a personal level. And I, I did ask you ahead of time how you felt about answering this question, but we have a lot of moms who listen to this podcast, lots of athletes and lots of moms. And you had mentioned that you do not have kids. So let us know, and it doesn't have to be too deep or too personal, but what sort of reason did you never go down that path? Um, it, it's, God, I've looked for the deep answer, Kim. I really have. And, and like literally about a month ago, I actually was a guest on a podcast that hasn't aired yet. And the, and the podcast itself is called, Is Child Free For Me? And, um which is going to be a fantastic show for people to listen to. But uh, I, I quite honestly have never had that gene. I've never had the urge to have children. And I think some of it was, uh, and probably a lot of it was just, again, that nurture. I grew up in a house full of boys. Oh, yeah. And I was feisty and scrappy. And I was like, I was the classic tomboy. And uh, be- before we were, you know, before tomboys were like, you know, questioned and shamed and all that. So actually, we were we were shamed a lot. But like, but like, I just never had it in me. And I I'm from a big old Italian family, and we I've wow. got I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of cousins, and like I love big families and I love kids. I just I just never. I, I never saw it in the cards for me. And then um, when I when I married my husband, um, we talked a lot about it. And we went to you know part of our part of getting married within the Catholic Church. You go to like little counseling classes and things, and and like you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and we at the time we were both like, well, let's just see. You know, I wasn't I wasn't closed off. I just didn't. I wasn't like there was no plan to 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 do it. Right. And um. The, the older we got, and we, and we were a little older when we got married. My husband was 41 when we, when we got married. It was his first marriage. My, I was 34 when we were married. So, um, you know, we, we, if the decision was going to be made, it kind of had to be made rather quickly. Um, and, and so we both just, we felt, we felt and still feel very, very comfortable that we've made the right decision. And, and, um, we just, we, we choose to just love on our nieces and Uh our nephew and our kitty. And, um, and honestly, like if I can just help the world, (laughs) it sounds so altruistic and like cliche, but if I can offer my services to, to other people, um, then I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm contributing to the world. Yeah. And you, and you definitely do. Uh, and I just thought it was a great question because I'm hearing more and more younger people, you know, say things like, I just don't know if I want kids and I think it's totally okay. And we got in this generation of, you know, everybody has kids. And I feel like some people need to know that it's okay if you don't, or if you like, I only have one. And that even for my generation is odd. Like everybody was having two and then three became the new two. And it's just interesting how, you know, times are definitely changing. Like I said, I I have heard some, and athletes especially, and so athletes were very busy and some people can call it selfish if that's what they want to call it. Um, But 
I think it's okay. And, and you're certainly living a very full life. And you <laughs> do contribute to so many people, which is the next topic I want to bring up. So you got into marathons, then you got into triathlons, you've done so many Ironman. And again, people, I cannot even express to you how incredible of an athlete Carrie is. So I just want to keep expressing that because I want people to know that you can go from being overweight and not doing anything to an incredible athlete. You just don't know what's hiding in you. But you've become a coach. And so when did that come about? Uh, that came about in 2010 and, and, um, I, I, I am, I, I'm going to hit that in a second, but I, I do want to back up because we, I, I really wanted to make this important point too, because again, in all transparency, um, the, the children thing, although I never thought I never really had the desire, um, I'm not going to lie there. One of my biggest fears was putting weight on and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the reason why yeah. I want to have kids. But I'm so afraid because anyone of your clients and listeners know that when you've been fat or overweight, um, whatever you want to call it, um, you and you and you don't have that anymore. You don't ever forget that. Yeah. Like you are always that person. Mm -hmm. And like that person is always like it's like Satan on your shoulder. I feel like that person's always like, come on, come back to the dark side. And like and like there is always an innate fear. And I think that that's also um, for many people who have lost weight, too. It's also what drives you to become a type A athlete. And, and, you know, it, it drives you to work harder and give you more of a competitive edge too, because you're fighting, you're always fighting that as well. So I did want to touch on that because if I'm being honest, completely honest, like it was certainly not a deciding factor, but it was, it was, it was there. Um, but so with coaching, I, uh, went to get my, I, well, um, it started mainly with Austin fit. So, uh, you know, I, I ran with Austin fit marathon for a few years and I loved that training group. It saved my life. It, it brought me into a new life. So I, I wanted to pay it forward. So I helped coach with them on a volunteer basis for a few seasons and, and still some of my best friends to this day, um, I met through Austin fit so many years ago and, but, but finally in uh, 2010, I, I'd, I'd kind of entrenched my world into triathlon at that point. And, and, you know, Kim, you and I talk about this. I'm kind of a, like, we're both like reluctant triathletes. Like I love the sports. I, I like all three of the sports, but I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm not a great swimmer. I'm a, mid, I'm a mid pack swimmer. Uh, I'm an okay cyclist, but you know, I love to run. <laughs> so I, in 2010, I went and got my, my USA triathlon coaching certificate. And, um, I really, I, I didn't know what it would lead to, but, um, almost overnight I had a group of friends that, um, about 14 friends, this like literally the week after I got home from the conference, they're like, okay, great. Now you have 14 of us. Like they, they, they took me to like, we met at the rooftop at whole foods and they're like, okay, let's start a team. You know, you're heading it up. Let's build this. And so I, I had clients right away. And so I had a team here in Austin for several years, four or five years and was managing probably anywhere from 25 to 30 athletes at any given time, you know, writing, writing specific training plans for, for them and customized personal plans. Um, and then, um, in 2014, I, I heard about, uh, our, our training home, Austin Aquatics and Sports Academy. I heard about it being built and I like, 
I shuddered with excitement. You know, um, you know, when you get that gut feeling, um, Mm -hmm. and, and you're, whatever it is just lights a fire in you. And you're like, I've got to do that. Uh, I've got to learn more about this. And that was the, that was the feeling. And that, you know, that's your gut instinct. You've got to go with it. And so I explored what was going on over at Austin Aquatics and Sports Academy. And it wasn't even open yet. So I just literally sent an email to their website, um, splash page, uh, to like info at, you know, whatever, whoever it even went to. Well, I'll tell you who it went to. Um, I just, I introduced myself and I was like, I've got a team. We would love a facility. Uh, how, how, you know, what are you going to do with triathlon? What, tell me, tell me more about you. Um, and the next day, literally I got an email back from, from a guy named Brendan Hansen, (laughs) who who is a, uh, let's see, six time Olympic medalist four four golds, I believe. Uh, (laughs) and you know, so once I got over the shock that I would just receive an email back from an Olympian, um, he and I met a few times and, and I think like my skill sets, from, from marketing and advertising and, um, and coaching and my love of sport and, and I knew the triathlon community, um, we, it married very well. And so they hired me on as like marketing director to help get the facility going to help work, you know, work eventually with, um, with Natasha, who you had on last week, uh, or, or a couple weeks ago, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, to, to eventually work with her to, to start the tri team and to develop the tri team. So that's where the coaching started from. I, I absolutely love it. I specialize my heart. Um, and this gets to the meat of, of this conversation. I think, I think my heart, um, and it gets emotional is, is in that beginner is in that person who is scared to death, uh, who is intimidated by, um, well, by everything, because let's face it, triathlon is a very, very, very intimidating sport. And um, if if I can help just, you know, one like a new person when they walk in that facility, if I can make them laugh or if I can do something stupid that makes me look silly but makes them – puts mm-hmm. them at ease, like that is a victory to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not – I was not put on this earth to be – um, an Olympic or an elite level coach. I, I, that's not my skill set. It's, it's not even my passion. Like there are coaches who can work with those athletes. Those, that's not my, those aren't my people. Um, I aspire to the, to be those people, but my people are, um, the average everyday person who, uh, an accomplishment for them is getting through a 5k, not, necessarily setting a record. Right. And you do such a great job of that. Um, so you've coached me. That's, I've met Carrie, just everybody knows at Austin aquatic. That's where I train and Carrie's coached me on the bike. And, um, we've definitely been out there together in the swim. At least we, we share a lane and swim. (laughs) I won't run next to you, but I can swim next to you. (laughs) Um, me on the bike. So it's all good. No, I don't know about that, but, uh, but yeah, you do such a great job of encouraging, the new people and and definitely what I you know I was speaking with Natasha about in that interview a couple of weeks ago and what I, I speak about here and I, I try to get all my clients to try new things and I love 
racing, not for the win, like you're saying. I'm not telling people to go do a 5K and be to win it. I'm not telling people to do a marathon so they can qualify for Boston. I'm telling people to try new things because it opens up so many doors in your life. And so many people, I would say the highest majority, are too afraid to try and they're too afraid to fail or not do it right. But I just want to encourage everyone listening again, like Carrie is this inspiration because she was not the person that she is today, you know, 25, 30 years ago. She has changed. She has taken on challenges and put herself out there. And it's scary. And I mean, look, she she walked away from the two mile test trial they had to do at their run the first day for their marathon group because you were afraid, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, you, if you come into our facility, you know, Carrie's there to greet you, you're not going to walk out the door because she'll do it with you if you have, (laughs) she has to, like she will give you that. And so I just, again, I just always like to encourage people to get, get outside of your comfort zone. And there is a carry, there's not a carry everywhere. I wish there was a carry everywhere, (laughs) but at least Carrie's online and you'll, and I'll talk to you about how you can uh, reach out to her. You do a lot of writing. And so just as we sort of uh, finish up here, I, you are writing everywhere right now. Everywhere I look is another article by Carrie Barrett. So tell us a little bit about where people can find what you're writing about. So the, um, I, I write for multiple publications and, and sites. So the, the, the local one here in Austin is Austin Fit Magazine. I, I have um, what, has, what has actually turned out now to be like a four-year relationship where I have a, a monthly column with them. And sometimes one, sometimes two articles will appear each month. And, and, it, and it's morphed a little bit through the years. It, it literally, when I first started out, was, was called Coach Carrie. And I wrote articles about not just my training, and, and trying to infuse humor there. I mean, it's, there's always a sense of humor, but, um, but really, uh, I would, I would actually write training plans in the magazine, but, but now a lot of times it's actually morphed into a lot of human interest stories. So I spend a lot of my days now interviewing others like this and, and talking about, um, and talking about their journey. And, um, so Austin Fit Magazine is a big one. And I also write for active.com. I write for ironman.com. I write for, um, I'm, I'm very excited about this again, kind of geeking out a little bit that I, in the July, August issue, I'm going to have my, my first article in vegan health and fitness magazine, uh, <laughs> national publication. I know, I know I'm very like, again, kind of geeked out by that, but that's, that's like my personal, like, yeehaw, I did that's it. Great. Um, but, um, uh, and then, but most of that can be found. I, I used to have this like super active blog back in the day and I'm, and I'm kind of working on firing it back up a little bit, but it's, it's, it's at try to be funny.com and it's T R I, uh, T O B E funny.com. Because again, um, I, I always try to infuse humor in what I do because if like, if you can't laugh at yourself, like somebody else will laugh at you, but like, if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point? Um, so that's, that was the inspiration behind that. And I used to do comedy too. So like, there's always going to be that. (laughs) And you're a singer, but, but that's a a totally different podcast episode. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, everybody, if you want to check out her website, go to try to be funny. That's T R I T O B E funny.com. And she also has a tab there called my books. And she's, you've written a couple uh, online books, which is awesome. I didn't even know that you had those. (laughs) So I just think we need to promote that and let people know that you have a couple ebooks on there. Um, I will definitely add these links to the show notes. 
as well. And I really just, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today. You are definitely an inspiration to me and for so many. Do you have any last words you want to leave the audience with? Um, you know what, again, make it fun, make this journey fun. And I can't like every friend that I've made in Austin, um, in the health and fitness community, uh, has changed my life in one way or another. And, and I'm I still, every day I'm scared to death. Like I'm scared to death to go to a yoga class cause I'm not good. I'm scared to death to go to a bar or a Pilates class cause I'm terrible master swimming freaks me out because I, you know, I, I have intimidations, but like, I don't let it stop me. Mm -hmm. And, um, the more you break down those barriers and those fears, the easier it becomes, the easier it becomes. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I will definitely include, um, all of your contact information in these show notes, but thanks for being an inspiration. Oh, thanks, Kim. I appreciate you too. So are you inspired? I'm inspired by Carrie. She is so awesome. She makes me laugh all the time, which is probably why she picked the perfect name for her website, which is trytobefunny.com. That's try, T-R-I, like triathlon, trytobefunny.com. Definitely check it out. That's where she has some of her eBooks as well. So try uh, checking out her website. If you want to follow her on Facebook, you can follow her at Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, SAP, S-A-P-P, Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. Follow her there. That's a great way to connect with her as well if you have any questions. Maybe you are that person who wants to start triathlons. You are that beginner. Well, this is a coach who can definitely guide you. And as she said, nothing brings her more joy than inspiring those beginners. Also, you can follow her on Instagram. Her handle on Instagram is try to be funny. All one word, T-R-I-T. O-B-E-F-U-N-N-Y. I'll put all of those links in the show notes on my webpage. You could go to earnthatbody.com, go over to the tab that says podcasts, and that will list all the podcasts I've ever done. And sometimes I put some links in there, like some of these interview links that help you find these handles just a little bit easier. I do hope you are inspired the way I was inspired by Carrie. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my podcast, it's always so appreciated if you can give me a review on iTunes. Just go over to iTunes, go to Earn That Body Podcast and give me some stars, give me a review, let me know how you like the podcast because I do this for free. I do it because I'm passionate about it and I want to bring inspiration and education to as many people as I can about health, fitness, and what else? Health, fitness, Nutrition. Yeah, that too, right? And if you have any questions about my programs, go to earnthatbody.com. I have everything from a full 12-week course, uh, or I should say program, 12-week Earn That Body program that includes nutrition and fitness. I also have a four-week private nutrition program, primarily for my athletes who already have a set workout program in place. I have the ETB Talks, which is my version of a detox, but I don't believe in detox programs because those do not work. But the ETB Talks does work. That starts the first Monday of every month. I have a one-week meal plan. I have so many options for you, and this summer I have a lot of work 
workout programs that will be available. They started out as full programs, but over summer, people just need a workout and they don't have as much time to get involved with Facebook, social media support, nutrition tracking. They just want workouts. So definitely check out shockthatbody.com if you want some workout-only programs. All righty. Thank you so much. Have a great week, and I will podcast for you again next week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.